Running Light Ministry podcast is brought to you by listeners like you. You can support these podcasts by making a gift to the ministries at runninglight.org. Well, welcome to the Running Light podcast. Awesome. I know I have a guest today. I'm so excited. Usually me and Peter do these podcasts, and it's good to have uh, someone else besides Peter in here with me. Right? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, absolutely. Uh, Why don't you introduce yourself? All right. Well, my name is uh, Joseph Fimbres, and I'm here today to to sit and (laughs) be a part of this awesome (laughs) podcast. That's right. (laughs) That's right. And uh, are you from Tucson? Actually, no. I'm I'm actually from Seattle, Washington, from uh, wow. King County. Wow, dude. Yeah. What was it like b- out there, man? Um, I don't <laughs> I don't remember too much. I do remember the Space Needle. Uh, I do remember having lunch one time there. Uh huh. And uh, trying to sit still enough so I could see the uh, the restaurant spinning oh, <laughs> as really? it's up in the air. Yeah. Okay. So you remember some of it. Yeah, a tad. <laughs> and then did you did you move? Where'd you move after that? Um, well, I think we moved to Tucson. Yeah. Um, when I was younger, uh-huh. and we were jumping back and forth from here to California, uh, different parts of California, southern, mostly northern, yeah, Sacramento, mm-hmm. um, things of that nature. So I wasn't uh, growing up so much in one place. Just in many different places. Yeah. Until until yeah. I got older. Yeah. Did you grow up as a Christian? I did not. Okay. I did not. I actually, I grew up in a dysfunctional home uh-huh. uh, without a father. Um, I am a child of four. I'm actually the baby in the family. Uh-huh. <laughs> um, and I, I just, I was looking for guidance. You know, I, I didn't have that godly male role model in my life. And um, so, of course, that opened a lot of doors to seek other <laughs> other avenues of um how can i say of getting mentored but uh, um i can see now there's a lot <laughs> of a lot of negative influences in my life i was just trying i guess to grow up real fast you yeah. know and i didn't i didn't wasn't very precautious uh to some degree yeah, yeah. I like how you put that, where you were looking for mentorship, but you found it in so many other things. Oh, man, yeah. Yeah, it was, uh, I thought it was good. <laughs> I thought it was really good. Um, actually, my life, I I grew up, um, like I said, without a father, uh, but I grew up in the streets. So I grew up in a lot of gang-infested um, areas where I, myself at a real young age got really involved and um and took off from there yeah Yeah, my my life was in turmoil and didn't really see it as turmoil um so yeah it was it was it was pretty ugly so when did you give your life to christ like how did that that work out did you end up just hitting a church or something or no (laughs) not at all uh you know actually growing up i always believed in god but um i never i never went to church we i grew up in a catholic home um we went to church sunday um it was kind of like dress up you know we my mom and and my aunts and uncles we we well they would dress up and of course it wasn't our willingness to go it's like come on we got to go to church it wasn't really up to us but uh you know i i never really understood anything these priests were saying I always believed in Jesus, 
and uh, I never really seen any change in my family's life. It was always uh, go to church on Sunday, dress up, come home undress, and then live however we we chose to, and then uh, get ready for Sunday again. Mm. Uh, but there was really no change. I I always felt God had always uh, put people in my life um, just to share His love for me. Uh, no one ever had to share with me. I was a sinner. I'm living a bad life, or uh, like to beat me over the head with a Bible and saying, "Oh man, you know, you better change your ways, or you're gonna go to hell." But uh, it was the love that these people shared that devastated my heart. You know, I would leave certain areas or uh, people's homes, and just my heart was heavy. My heart was heavy, knowing that the life I was living was wrong. I just wasn't quite ready yet. I wasn't quite ready to give my life to Christ. But as years progressed, I've noticed that I was in a couple of different um, Christmas pageants, so to say. And I was always playing Joseph, you know, <laughs> the really? father, um, well, the earthly father of Jesus. And uh, um, it was just it was just great. I didn't know that God already had a plan in my life. I didn't see it. Um, but one day, um, you know, uh, I was actually at in here in Tucson and I was at St. Joseph's Hospital and uh, my aunt was was dying of brain cancer. Mm -hmm. And um, I think we were in the uh, the visiting room the, or visiting area and everyone was just standing around talking and and just like out of nowhere, this this gentleman comes up to me with a Bible track and says, here you go. Uh, my name's Oscar. The Lord wanted me to give this to you. And I wasn't not like in shock or reject him like what the Lord told you, to, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but I, I took it. I took it and I put it in my back pocket. And later that night, I began to read it and begin to talk with myself, you know, like what could be wrong with going to church? You know, what could be wrong? I mean, uh, at that time, my girlfriend was pregnant. I didn't want my daughter growing up without a father or at least one who was dead or in prison and uh, i think that's the way my life was headed if i didn't change uh long story short the next day uh we went to this church never seen that guy ever since never seen him but mm. it was just like i don't know if you can agree or, or if 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 you've been in a place where you're hearing the message or this word and you can totally identify it. Well, for me, it was the same because I've never been in a Christian church. But it's like this pastor was totally talking about my life, man. Like, how does this dude know me? Yeah. You know, and what was so awesome, I didn't know. I just, I felt something come over me, you know. And it's like the more this pastor started talking, um, it was kind of like if he had a hammer or God had a hammer uh, I mean, his, my heart, my stony heart in his hand, and with each word, it was just breaking and chipping mm -hmm. away. And I've never been a person to, I want to say, to be emotional. And uh, I caught myself a couple times. Actually, my step, not my stepdaughter, my, my girlfriend at the time caught me. While <laughs> I was trying to wipe a tear and ask if I was crying. And, of course, my pride was like, no, I'm not crying. But... Mm -hmm. Anyway, long story short, that was the day I gave my life to Christ, and um, I want to say it was uh, awesome ever since. It was. Um, I had a distorted 
view of Christianity, I had to be good enough. I find myself for about four or five years um, trying to be good, mm. knowing I had um, insecurities. I didn't know I had then that I know now. <laughs> um, you know, trying to quit, you know, gang banging, trying to stop getting high and, you know, just doing all these worldly things that I was so a part of because I wanted to be good. Um, uh, sexual addiction uh, or or um, involved in areas like that that I was involved in um, even at a growing up at a young age uh, introduced to magazines and just it's just garbage yeah let's talk about that yeah you, um, know, um, you know what was what was what was your um, uh, saturation with the the porn culture I think I, I think at a real young age I think I was just you know curious I was curious um, to know the other sex because a lot of my quote unquote people at school were you know always talking about oh they have a girlfriend oh, yeah. and oh, yeah. they they <laughs> seen what a girl looks like naked and all this other stuff and, and us guys can be ruthless by the way <laughs> when we're young <laughs> yeah, yeah just ruthless yeah I think they were just lying and and I got sucked up into it you know and then I begin to get curious I remember being at a friend's house and I asked to use the restroom and um I don't think there was any toilet paper, so of course, you know, I'm, I'm assuming they have toilet paper under the sink. And I looked, and it was just full of pornography, man. Yeah, I remember doing the same thing. Uh, and, you know. um, and of course, I took a peek, you know, but I was, it was just weird. And the more older I got, um, I would say I looked for it. I looked for it, trying to fulfill... an issue or maybe a hole I had in my heart. I wasn't quite sure. I think I was just trying to, to fulfill the, the need of of being wanted, I guess. You know, I always see or saw when I was at school that, you know, the guy with the good girlfriend or the great girlfriend and thinking that, oh man, this hot girl, uh, this beautiful girl is going to fulfill my life and I'm gonna be all better. Right. Uh, but I think that was just a big cover-up. I think that the enemy would want me to believe that another broken person as myself is going to fulfill me and give me pleasure and make everything okay. Like two negatives are going to equal a positive. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> right? Yeah, almost like algebra, but not. <laughs> yeah, not quite. Not quite. No, I, I, t I tend to sometimes reflect on, you know, the why, too. Why did I – why did the pool, uh, you know – be so strong um you know and it's funny because some people are you know 40 years old never seen porn in their life they take a trip to las vegas uh they get handed a little a little track that says you know come check out this bar right you know and they look at it and they're just like enamored they're just like oh my heaven and they fall off the deep end they literally just go boom you know and um and I wasn't so much like that. Mine was like a real slow burn, you know, right. just where where I think, you know, very much like you, where you're fascinated with the opposite sex. Um, there's something stimulating just biologically that, right. that's happening, too. There's just a natural arousal that's taking place that feels good, and, and right. you kind of like that. Um, uh, when did it kind of, when did you think it kind of got uh, dysfunctional for you? Like where it became really distorted. Um, wow, that's a good question. I think um, 
Well, like, growing up, I never really, I mean, I knew it was wrong, but I was just living my life, you know, I wanted to do me. Uh, I've been, I want to say, I use it, I used it as a coping mechanism. A lot of times when I was incarcerated, I would, um, I would act out sexually just to relieve myself of pressures, um, of life that being locked up you have to I want to say wear wear different masks all the time you know especially being um, my background and there's a lots of pressures so I would use it as coping mechanisms um, I really never seen it as distorted yet I want to say until say maybe I don't know, maybe before I got married or maybe after I began to, I think the Lord began to, to show me how destructive it is and how the enemy has, has used kind of like these, uh, breadcrumbs to get me, to get me going. Not, not a full on blowing, um, oh, I'm addicted to pornography, mm -hmm. but just little by little by little by little and um didn't see it and um i was i was kind of hooked yeah. uh, i don't think i could probably admit it because i want to justify and say oh well you know i don't really look at pornography i just you know dab here and there and i'm i'm really not i don't have issues yeah things changed <laughs> i know in my life yeah. when when i finally went to the lord and said hey you know lord i like porn mm-hmm and I really had to kind of come straight with God yeah, and just kind of go, you know what? There's something about this that I like. Right. And, and I just can't hide it anymore with you. Like I can't just be like, you know, Hey, this stuff sucks and <laughs> help me get out of it. You right. You know, I have to like take that step of honesty and just go, you know what? There's something about this. I dig like I'm liking this and I got to figure out what that is. Right. You know? Um, is it just the girl thing or is it something, is it, is it like, is it the relieving of stress in life? It's, it's probably both of that. Right. Um, it, it's probably those feelings of insecurity, of fear when you're a kid and, and, you know, you see those, you kind of look up to those people and you, um, or the, f the fear of, I know I had a violent dad at times, you know, so I saw my mom get hit. Um, mm. I saw sexual abuse. So when you see those things, you're scared as a kid, you cry. Right. So sometimes the feeling, the euphoric feeling just biologically that you get when you're uh, looking at something like that and your body is going through its chemical reactions is somewhat cool. You know, it's like a, it's like a, like a step out of life. Yeah. You know? So, <laughs> so I, I can uh, admit, I remember when I was a child i think under the age of uh like maybe in my preteens, the first time i acted out sexually um it was weird it was weird like my body was going through i want to say these adult things mm. and i didn't know what to do i was kind of scared kind of scared like oh man i messed up like what did i do right you know i broke the yeah. pinball machine I bro yeah i broke now. like you know like yeah. man and like, I don't know, like, I try to have to have to have to hide it. Yeah. But, um, like you were saying, I, I've, I've heard my pastor say, you know, um, during Celebrate Recovery that we, we, 
we sin, we do the things we like, you know. And he always shares with me, oh, people, you know, tell me, oh, well, I don't know why I do this. Yeah, you do. You do it because you like it. And like you say, I had to admit, I had to admit to God, okay, God, I like doing this. So help me not like it. (laughs) You know what I mean? Yeah. I mean, because he knows already. He knows already. It's like Jesus goes everywhere we go. That's right. And I think it's supposed to be vice versa. I'm supposed to be following him, you know, and I've, I've been really... I want to say concentrating on my daily walk with God and and trying to, um, like you say, be, um, I don't want to say comfortable, but just resting in Christ. You know, at times my insecurities will tell me, oh, well, I'm not good enough. Or the enemy will tell me, oh, you messed up again. And of course, the condemnation, the guilt, the shame this vicious cycle and then I partner with it and then I start beating myself up yeah you know I'm not good enough I said I was gonna stop uh you know all these these rotten things but if if I really truly knew who I was in Christ and am in Christ yeah I could battle these things yeah like I was reading this morning um Colossians chapter 2 and it says Uh, In verse 13, and you being dead in your trespasses and the uncircumcision of your flesh, he has made alive together with him, having forgiven all your trespasses, which sounds great already. Right. It says, having wiped out the handwriting of requirements that was against us, which was contrary to us, and he has taken it out of the way, having nailed it to the cross. So Jesus takes all all the thou shalt not, you know, you know, commands. And he takes them out of the way, meaning they're no longer against me, right. condemning me. Um, Jesus has taken that c- that condemnation for me. But then it even goes further, having disarmed principalities and powers, meaning Jesus even dealt with the spiritual world that is against human beings. And he has disarmed, it says. He's, he's taken away their power over us. Right you know, as we are in him. Um, and so I love the, those passages because it tells me, especially when you are, are wanting to change in your life right. and you're going, I want to change in my life, but there's a part of me that likes this thing. No doubt about it. Um, but you're being honest with God about it now. And you're saying, Hey God, you know, help me with this. Um, there's something going on here. Um, passages like that help me out a ton because they help me remember that, you know, Jesus has done everything. Right. You know, it's like he's he's taking care of the spiritual world. He's taking right. care of the physical world. He's taking care of my condemnation. Um, you know, I'm forgiven. Right. And And it's much easier to battle this with knowing that your position is one of victory. Right. Than one of defeat and shame and guilt, which all leads to that defeat yeah I, I think the enemy would most definitely want us to walk in defeat because yeah. I believe if if he can get us to partner with that defeat we'll never see victory we'll never be able to be who we are in Christ yeah um if it's if it's yeah, okay I would it, love man. to share an awesome scripture yeah I do this it. wise man once shared with <laughs> me <laughs> yeah yeah do it yeah so it's uh, Micah 
7, verse 9 and 10. And I'm reading out of the Amplified Version. Actually, we'll start in verse 8. Verse 8 and 9. It says, Rejoice not against me, O my enemy. When I fall, I shall rise. When I sit in darkness, the Lord shall be a light to me. I will bear the indignation of the Lord because I have sinned against him until he pleads my case and executes judgment for me. He will behold, I'm sorry, he will bring me forth to the light and I shall behold his righteous deliverance. Mm. That scripture tells me, you know what? I'm going to make mistakes. Micah made mistakes. He was not a perfect man. That's right. Right? Yeah, absolutely. Um, I'm going to fall. But even in my darkness, even in the muck and the mire that I chose willingly, that, that God is going to be a light to me, that I can still reach out to him, that I still have, um, I want to say, a choice or a... Um, a way out. That's right. Right. Absolutely. Verse nine says, "I will bear his indignation." Of course, my heart is heavy because I've sinned. I've sinned against God. Yeah. It even says, "I I will bear the indignation of the Lord." Why? Because I have sinned against Him. Mm. Of course, that never feels good. No. But but it says, "Until He pleads my case and executes judgment for me, He will bring forth." to the light bring me forth to the light and I will behold this righteous deliverance so that's telling me that yes even though I mess up he's always going to be there and he's always going to bring me back to the light he's not going to allow me to sit in darkness if I so if I choose not to yeah um but this is a really great scripture for me um and just refreshing myself with God's word because I need to make his word truth for my life I I mean I don't want to just read it and be like oh well that's great you know I know this verse but if I'm not applying it and taking it for myself and applying it to my life yeah then it just does me no good yeah you know what I you know I love your your commentary of it it's so cool (laughs) Um, and I know I know our listeners are going to be blessed by it to me, what I love so much about this passage, too, and, and probably it hits your heart, too, it's so positive, you know, meaning it, 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 there's such a positive vibe with this passage. Because um, as we know, when you're in this, when you're in any area of life right. that you're trying to combat behavior, right, there is always potential for depression, Oh yeah, and sadness, and and really just uh, uh, a lot of negativity that can be in your life. Anybody out there, I could challenge any of you. Just take any part of your life and just go. You know what? I want to change my speaking habits. I want to change my eating habits. I want to change my sexual behavior habits. Right. Um, and you take any any issue and you focus on that issue as much as we have focused on the sexual issue and there's going to be that potential for a lot of negativity Uh, you know so i love that positive idea first that micah 
gives us, and we have to understand that Micah was a prophet of right. God. Right, right, right. <laughs> and so yeah. you, you brought that up that yeah. the prophet of God, you know, is saying this, then, then me and you saying this, should, you know. Yeah, you—he's a mere man, just like we are, right? That's right. I mean, God says that there's no one perfect. That's right. Not e- not even one. Yeah, not even one, and there's no favoritism with no. God. You no. Know? And so, so yeah, I love this. Um, you know, a lot of times, you know, when when someone does stumble into back into it, and it's right. so easy to today. Very that's easy. Yeah, that's <laughs> th- that's easy. the bummer. Yeah. Is, um, you know, in our world today, where you know, amputation, spiritual amputations, are uh, just such a wonderful principle. And yeah. the, you know, and uh, and you'll find that even though you you spiritually amputate or you you cut off avenues of sin you're going right. to find many more right. come your way today right um it, it's just a never-ending battle but when we do or if we do uh stumble man we self-gratify right you know there are so many guys that beat themselves up yeah right and yeah i, I i've been there yeah yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> we there. all have Oh man, yeah. Or it takes like three days to recover. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. So like, I I can say that I remember when I was um, in that same situation where uh, I fell, I messed up, and I was like, oh well, you know, um, I wanted to be good for like a couple of days, three or four days at least under my belt. You know what I mean? Before I go pray. And make sure that you know God was was okay because I mean, or I was okay before God. You know, I I've been good for three days, you know, and um and 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 I I felt that as long as I can have a couple days under my belt where uh, I wasn't as close to the day or the day of when I sinned, I felt a little bit better, you know, that I could come to God and He wouldn't be as mad, right? <laughs> you know, right. which which wh- I mean, what I mean. So many guys and girls listening can relate to that. Yeah. You know, where they go, that's right. That's what I do. I, yeah. I, I, I sin and then I, I take like three days to kind of like, you know, recover from it. Right. And then I feel somewhat okay now. Yeah. You know, I can go to God. Yeah. Or I can go to church. Like, right. you know, yep. uh, maybe it's a Saturday night and, and you I, indulge, f- yeah. And I indulge. Right. And I was like, oh man, I can't go to church tomorrow. I just yeah. messed up. You know, think if you did that in the church. Think if everybody did that with with eating, right? If yeah. everybody who indulged in eating on Saturday didn't go to church on Sunday, right? <laughs> Probably empty house. Yeah, empty <laughs> house. That's right. It, it's amazing how you know, uh, you know, when for those of us that are dealing with with issues of sexual behavior, we become very sensitive to it. You, yes, you know, very. You know, where we get pricked just a little bit. And we become really, really reactionary. So it's like we can we can think about porn, and man, that that like is such a sensitivity to us where it feels like we've already fallen. Right. You know what I mean? Right. Yeah. Which becomes almost detrimental to us. I think a lot of the hyper anxiety that happens in the church, in the realm of sexual recovery. Right is is because of that we have such a sensitivity we're not a you know not a, not many of us are allowed to talk about these things openly in a church environment yeah 
So it becomes so in a sense we bottle a lot of the stuff in right anyway right and you know we and then we have those mental gymnastics that we're playing with all the time right right of like you know guys feeling guilty and they haven't even really done anything right but they just thought of something and and they go man or they saw someone down down the road walking or right you know and they look at that person they take a couple takes and they go oh man I'm blowing it yeah and, you know and they're already really on themselves yeah i i think in in my own personal walk i think setting a high standard or some type of standard i think it's good but i think when i set myself too high of a standard and i can't fulfill it i'm just setting myself up for you know yeah for for bad emotions or feelings or allowing the enemy to speak into my life um that's a good point yeah, you know, there was something I was about to say <laughs> when you were talking, I think, and it just kind of, kind of vanished. Yeah, that's okay. <laughs> that's okay. Maybe it'll, maybe it'll come back up. Yeah. You know, but you know, I sometimes I, uh, that's why groups are so important, right? Or just having times like even this on the podcast where we get to just talk. Y yeah. So like, f you know, for me, f um, I think f for me myself, I can say that. God has brought me a long way. I'm I'm not perfect. I'm not perfect. I think a good um, accountability. Men who have been there, done that um, in life and are walking with God. I think it's very, very important for me to be able to be myself and be able to share my my faults, you know, and and just be be straight <clears throat> where the other person can pray with me encourage me and pretty much telling me you know what it's okay you know um n none of us are perfect but i think accountability is good i think good groups are good uh where i don't have to feel that i'm alone you know uh where i can um maybe partner up with another guy and we can just kind of you know, encourage each other throughout the week. Yeah. You know, um, check in and see how they're doing. Um, Those are so important. Yeah, they are. Because I, I think when you try, I want to say, the long ranger it, and you try to do it on your own strength, because I've been there. Oh, you know, I don't need groups. I, I don't need an accountability partner. God is my accountability partner. Right. But the word says I have to confess my sin to one another yeah. so that I may be healed. Yeah, there's a certain humility that yeah. is... That's going to produce the righteousness of God. Yeah. And I think also is when I learn who I am in Christ and be able to rest in what God has done for me at the cross and not have to try to do it on my own and try not to, you know, work out my own salvation with works. <laughs> it doesn't yeah. say that. Yeah. You yeah. know. Because that's how it goes, right? Yeah. You know, you stumble, then you go, okay, then you... You know, you, you wait the three days, you come back to God, you feel good, you're doing good for a couple days, you know, you're, you're going, man, I'm really good with you, God, you know, and, yeah, then, yeah, you, yeah. and then you bail and then you're right back there, <laughs> and then you, you know, and everything, everything, you, to get off that hobby horse, you just have to, first of all, we always have to realize grace, we just have to remember that I'm saved by grace, right, you know, right, right, that, that, that God's not sitting there going, "Oh man, you stumbled, dude. That that's you blew it. You're done. You know, <laughs> yeah. Tra trap door to hell. Yeah, you know, later. Up, right. Open up. So what I've learned from my past, 
I, I remember when I felt the guilt, the condemnation, I would run from God because I felt that I let him down. I disappointed him, you know. Um, just I wanted to isolate myself. And I knew that was not the way. But I just I just couldn't get over the guilt, you know. Um, but what I've learned, I, what I've learned in my personal walk is instead of running from God, I need to run to him because he's the only one, not a group, not a pastor, not a friend, not my wife, not no one can forgive me. I can't get right um, through anything or anyone other than God. Mm. So I feel in my life, even though at times it's hard, even you know, battling lust and having to go through him. Um, rather, it's all the time or whenever I got to go. I got to go, like it says, going boldly before the throne. I have to know that God is for me and that God is not shocked, you know, uh, by my sin because I'm not his first rodeo, right? <laughs> I mean, he's dealt with a lot of men way Good before point, me. Absolutely, man. Yeah. And I mean, he's dealt with Micah. <laughs> yeah, right? You know? Yeah. So, I mean, I can actually now go to the Father in confidence. Yes, I still have the guilt and the shame, but I got to lay it down. I got to lay it down because he doesn't want me to carry that. Yeah. You know, and, and I got to get right. And doing this and learning how to, to walk this out, this is walking it out. You fall, you, you dust yourself up, you get up, you acknowledge. Uh, I, for me personally, I have to acknowledge my sin and okay. I have to receive God's forgiveness. I have to receive his grace and I have to go about my day because he still loves me. His love for me is unconditional. And sometimes or in my past, I used to put him in a box and, and kind of put him like a, an earthly father. Oh, well, he's only going to love me if I read his word or he's only going to love me if I go to church or or this, this and that, you know, and um, my view was distorted. Yeah. You know. Um, which kept you kind of in a in a cyclical pattern of course you know of course exactly and it was the same cyclical or cycle over and over and over and i think you know i think about maybe you know trying to climb trying to climb a hill that's muddy you know with like a big washer on my back you know what i mean yeah and i'm trying and god is telling me just set it down no no god i got it i could do it yeah. And every time I fail and fail and, and I want to make him proud, and I don't give it to him. Yeah. Because I, I can do it on my own. I could do it. I could beat this. Yeah. But I can't. No. And when I came to the realization and have come to the realization that I can't do this on my own. I need him. Yeah. I need, I need, yeah, I need other brothers. Mm -hmm. You know, I need a good support group. I need fellowship where I can be myself. You know, and I can share my insecurities or I can share my rather it's a hurt habit or hang up and be OK because others have the same or different. We're all on this together. Yeah. You know, we're all on the same journey. Even pastors. Yeah. No, no man is perfect. Rather pastors. Uh, yeah, it just don't matter. Yeah. It doesn't matter what title you got. You're still a man, right? Yeah. Hey, <laughs> hey, let, me, let me ask you. Uh, let me take it a different direction sure. to you with you. Um, so you're married. I am married. How's that? How how has this all affected your marriage? Um. <laughs> well, at first, 
at first, honestly, I would say I was hiding it. Yeah. <laughs> I was hiding and it. And how often were you? How often were you indulging, like in your in your heyday of indulgement? Uh, well, I would say before I was married, I don't know. Um, I would say a couple times a week. Okay. I mean, only. I mean, like depends on the situation. If I was locked up, it was probably a couple times a week. You yeah. know. Um, not so much. Not so much when I was out. Like I want to say in the world, uh, not being incarcerated. So. I would say because I used to to use as well. I used to use drugs and of course when you use drugs it opens up a lot of different doors. Yeah. Um to I want to say to the sexual um industry um things of that nature. So when I was using I would catch myself acting out quite a bit. Mm. And um, was never proud of it. I used to keep it, you know, quote unquote, a secret, you know. Um, you know, kids like kids today, you know, every day yeah. they see porn. Right. You know, porn every day. Right. I mean, porn is nothing to a lot of these younger people. Yeah. It's like a norm. Yeah. Right? It's like a form of entertainment. It's right. Like it's pr you know i've always thought of it like this is like when radio came out you know there was people freaking out about radio right. it's going to warp your brain you know and uh and then all of a sudden you know it becomes the norm and then right. tv comes out and you have people go it's going to warp your brain <laughs> you know yeah don't watch this don't watch that that's right, right. And, then, and then it becomes the norm and and of course and and then the genres of of entertainment right the of movies you know horror and, and hardcore violent things and stuff like that um you have all this uh kind of pattern and and i see it so much with pornography too where um you know to the younger generation they just what's porn to them is is not so much uh, it might be might be not porn to us and what is porn to us isn't porn to them um like for instance for me like looking at uh, uh a mag uh, like a, a victoria's secret magazine was something that we used to self-gratify to right you know in my day right you know that same was, here yeah that was something that was kind of where you would go whoa you know right where where you know a lot of a lot of younger generation they look at a victoria's secret magazine and they're just like oh whatever like that's you know nothing that's nothing <laughs> <laughs> you know? maybe, maybe they're so used to that's right yeah because because they, they become numb that's right there's a numbness too right right you saying you indulge you know twice a week to the average 16 year old they're like what are you talking about man What's like uh, us is twice a day yeah <laughs> like yeah right i mean yeah. you know <laughs> Isn't that wild? Yeah, it's very wild. That I think about it. Yeah, you know, it it just it just shows that uh how we do get numb in life and what we're what if there's one thing that, you know, the perfection of Christ um does when we look at it is it makes us see our our lack. It makes yeah. us see no matter if we've used it a ton, used the the pornography a ton or not a lot. Yeah, it makes us see our imperfection. Right. Ex exactly. Exactly. And I th I think. You know, we could we could go back to the Ten Commandments. You know, and yeah. And a lot of people, 
would say, oh, well, these are rules. These are 10 rules. If, if I can do these 10 rules every day, I should be good. But it says that even if we fall or sin against or stumble in one, of in them. one we stumble in all. Yeah. But what it was really showing us is that, man, we are imperfect people. Yeah. We need a savior. Yeah. You know, and um, I don't know. I th- I think that, you know, a lot of the youth today, they have, they're looking for direction. But the people that they're getting directions from are lost as well. Yeah. Um, they... Rather they self-gratify, rather they watch pornography or whatever their lifestyle is. Because I know as I was growing up, I would have quote-unquote friends and I would share, well, this is what I'm doing. you know. And then they would tell me, oh, well, this is what I do. And, of course, I would be like, oh, really? And I would try it. you know. And you, you get so used to doing these things or um, I would say spiritually or biblically these godless things our hearts become numb to to everything and we we choose or at least when i was growing up i just wanted to live my life really didn't want to go to church i didn't i didn't want to change for anyone because i liked me even though i was dysfunctional and my life was a mess and i was spiraling out of control i was i guess okay with it you know, until God was showing me, look, this is what's going on with you. Yeah. Tell and you. I think the sobering part is like what you were saying is coming to the reality that, man, my life's a mess. Yeah. And I need help. Yeah, yeah. You know? So how did your wife uh, help you along in the journey? Yeah. Yeah, actually, uh, it was kind of hard. It was kind of hard to tell her. Uh, of course, she wasn't like super stoked about it. Sure. You know, um, of course, it was uh, a sad day uh, when I shared this with her. I mean, I didn't want to harm her, you know, and sometimes, you know, being in addiction, you think, well, I'm only doing it and I'm not hurting no one. But that's being selfish because I'm being self-centered and I'm not really caring about who I hurt as long as I get what I want. And that's the, I want to say, the, the lie that I believe, you know, that we believe as, as people who are trying to uh, feed or, or fill the hole, the void that only God can do. So when I shared this with her, yeah, it, it, it hurt, you know, and, um, but we got through it, you know, and my wife is, is, is for me. You know, she wants me to hang out with other men and you know uh be a part of sexual integrity groups or integrity groups or have other men that will pour into my life because i need it yeah and actually i want that i want that correction in my life because i don't want to live aimlessly and just live and have no direction in my life and then come Come day that I'm standing before God, I I can never say, well, well, no one ever told me. Right. I can't. I didn't know about this freedom. I didn't. I didn't know this was wrong. Right. You know, and even if I did know it was wrong, I still rebelled against it. You know, I mean, your wife did a an awesome thing, and that yeah. is she she 
she became a united front with you. Right. You know, which is vital. Very vital. Right. I mean, she could have went the other way, right? She could have. She could have just said, you know what? I'm bummed. I'm done. Yeah. You know, you want to look at that. You go look at that. I can't believe you're a pig. Yeah. You know, (laughs) you're a jerk. You're such a pervert. Right. Um, Which would have just been dagger after dagger, hurt after hurt, you know, just everything coming at you. Um, Yeah. She, what was so awesome is that she showed me the love of Christ, man. You know? Mm-hmm. I mean, like, you're right. She could have totally, this totally could have devastated my marriage. Like, you know, I think biblically she might have had the, 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 the right. The wherewithal to. <laughs> yeah, to, to divorce me. Yeah. Right? But, um, she didn't. She stood by my side and, um, she's fighting with me. You know, and and I thank God for that. You know, even though in my myself, I'm not perfect, but she she wants the best for me. You yeah. know, and and I think that's awesome because I can I can do the same with her. You know, and I I think that's so vital in a marriage that the husband and the wife, yes, it's a unperfect unit right but they don't look at each other's sin or hurt habit or hang up as like oh man you're all messed up you know like i got damaged goods because if you're looking in the mirror you're damaged as well right but what's awesome is that i can come alongside of her and encourage her and pray with her and encourage her hey babe we're gonna get through this versus where she's telling me hey you know what i love you i'm gonna pray with you i'm gonna encourage you you know and and I think that's a very big part of marriage as in um, to to become stronger, you yeah. know? Yeah. I it's something that's, it's something that I've always written about that is lacking in Christianity today. Yeah. Meaning there is a real lack of the ability to forgive today. Um, oh, yeah. You know, <laughs> it, you know it, it's like, a, it's like a lost art in the right. church it's just lost even though jesus you know peter goes to jesus and says hey hey lord how many times should we forgive our brother you right. know and uh you know seven times and and jesus says no 70 times seven times you right. know you keep forgiving if he keeps asking for forgiveness right. you keep right. giving it you know as our heavenly father has done us right you know to the measure that we forgive it says we will be forgiven Oh man, what a heavy duty challenge! Yeah, so, uh, but yeah. what? But to me, what it's created <laughs> what is this: it's created a, a Christian culture and marital culture that that strength is is defined as the la- like not needing to forgive anybody. That's how a, that's what a, that's how a marriage is looked at as being strong. It's like we're so strong because we don't have to forgive anybody because no one messes up. So that's a strong marriage. Oh, yeah. And and, and, <laughs> and the thing is, is that's really backwards. The strong marriage is the marriage that is able to admit issues. Right. And that is able to forgive and able to move away from destructive stuff. Right. You know, so... But yet to most Christian couples, that's seen as weak because it, it shows the admission, the need of forgiveness, 
So we, we have everything kind of flipped. Right. You know, and, and, and it's so true, right? Right. Because, you know, no one wants to admit it a problem. Right. So, like, it sounds to me like, you know, I used to watch, you know, TV shows and this quote-unquote perfect marriage, <laughs> you know. <laughs> the Leave it to Beaver thing. Oh, dude, yeah. I, uh, man, oh, Leave it to Beaver was a great one. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but, yeah. Uh, but that wasn't reality. You know, when I was going to get married, oh, man, I'm going to get married. I'm a Christian, and, and everything's going to be all hunky-dory. Yeah. Oh, man, that was like a big lie. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, I tell you what, being married, uh, I'll be coming up on five years, uh, April 20th, amen? And uh, I would say that marriage for me has probably been the biggest character builder ever yeah in my whole life and um it was rough it was rough because it was like god was putting together two people that both had baggage to come in unity and to live it out you know um so yeah so yeah you have to live out a christian life oh yeah you know i mean i don't think no marriage is perfect no and because it's not that's not reality reality is two people that have issues can come together and love one another through their issues and be able to forgive one another so that their bond can become even stronger that's right. i mean i've never seen a perfect marriage i mean people may play or act like everything's really good but they're really dying on the inside man maybe yeah. maybe they have issues at home and they maybe they can't talk to their husband or maybe they can't talk to their wife about certain things due to the fact the way they're going to react yeah you know and, and and that becomes that becomes issues of our own selfishness in marriage yeah you know things like that uh but it, you're speaking so much truth there's so many um there's so many marriages that in they they're looking uh, they're under an illusion, really. They're right. looking at something that is a, to be attainable, right. uh, a perfection in it. That that's not because it, it's just not there. Because if you think about it, the Christian life is about you know Jesus, His prayer, our Father who art in heaven, right. hallowed be Thy name. The Lord's prayer, what we call the Lord's prayer, it talks about forgiving, mm-hmm. asking God for forgiveness of our sins. And it's asking God to help us forgive other people who sin against us. Right. So, you know, if what we're calling a strength is 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 not having to admit failure and not forgiving the sins of other people, what we're calling strengths are really taking we're taking out of what Jesus told us to pray about. Right. You know, it, it's all it's all like Jesus knows we're weak people. Well, you know, yeah. so it's like so it's like in a marriage I should be I should be totally honest to be like, yeah, I'm a weak man and right. I I need help and um these are areas I need I, I you know, it's like people want to live a Christian life without actually living the Christian life of right. forgiveness and and honesty, you know? And um and you, it can't be done. No. And so, so um, as you were saying that, a couple of things came to my mind. Yeah. Um, this quote-unquote perfect marriage, you know, maybe maybe there's a couple who sees another couple, Bill and Bill and Jane. Yeah. You know, and from their perspective, their marriage is totally awesome. 
they never fight uh we you know we we're they're at their home and they act so awesome uh or we see them at church and and they're complimenting one another but the thing is behind closed doors nobody knows i want to say the hell that they've been through right yeah through the through the forgiving through the coming together in prayer through whatever it took to get their marriage on the right track and always leaving christ at the center of their marriage even though yeah it's rough but you know what we have to come together and make it work together because it has to be a partnership right i I can't be married to myself you know or my wife can't be married to herself because if it's you know a one a one-man team it's not going to work there's not a marriage it's not yeah you're maybe maybe that that single life mentality what i used to have (laughs) right and you know it it wasn't really good because in my first year of marriage i think i still had that you know being single because i was single for so long that i still wanted things my way you know and of course um vice versa with my wife you know until i started learning how to to listen to her not just hear but listen to her heart and be willing to humble myself and not and not be so wanting it my way um i think could have probably saved me a lot or both of us a lot of disagreeing a lot of strife in our home but in order for me to see that i had to go through that you know and god allowed me to to see that so i can better myself so i can be a better husband yeah a loving a caring husband to my wife yeah and there's and and there's so much patience that i know so many of our listeners you know it seems like they've just been patient upon patience especially in issues of the sexual things where you know their husband keeps stumbling and some of them you know you know it's not just like you know they stumble into porn once a month or something like yeah. that we're talking about infidelity right and just really hard things and um you know that just breaks my heart because they're they're kind of living that life of um of uh hosea you know in the bible where oh, hosea yeah. just keeps going after gomer you know and gomer keeps wow you know committing adultery and prostitution yeah that's and, um, that's powerful man. and and <laughs> and it's and it's like that amazing patience and it's a beautiful testimony though I, I i i see even to me when i see these these ladies doing this you know and they're just they're just being that hosea you know they're right. just, is wow that that patience that they have you know and it's not that they're enabling their husbands because they've they've they lay down boundaries and there's there's the wall you know that things like that but there's that that inner christ-like you know patience that's you know doing its perfect work that's they're wanting to work they're wanting to work it out they're wanting to give their husband who who wants to deal with it you right. know and we're not talking about a husband who's just out there doing it we're talking about one who wants to deal with it right you know and that they're patient with them and and understanding that it, it's not this thing he, he didn't just end up like this overnight it's no. going to take a it's going to take some time oh yeah and um you know and that that those are amazing testimonies to me i mean i i hear these women and and i get to sometimes just uh meet with them and talk with them about what's going on in their life and uh, I just go, wow, that's amazing faith and um, and courage, you know, to walk that walk in, in such pain, um, knowing that uh, this issue, the sexual issue, is 
is a uh, it's an arrow that pierces ever so sharp yeah. in the heart, you know, um, you know, so, uh, you know, you're right. You know, you're you know, there is a patience that's needed in those in marriage. Right. Um, a, a huge measure of it to realize that, you know, my wife can't complete me. No. She can't ful- make me the whole person. Um, and, uh, and Lord, you've, you brought this person into my life and given me the opportunity to be patient with them. And, and you want me to be Christ in their life. You know, what would Jesus do? You know, yeah. how would Jesus live? You know, um, you know, sometimes frustration in marriage comes from just eyes looking too much at the person. Yeah. Right. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I think sometimes, um, our vision is a little obscured because we tend to put all these things, so to say, on our wife or our spouse. Because, you know, rather they're a man of God or woman of God, they're imperfect as well. And I think, at least for me, I have put what the word I'm looking for is, um, I'll... I can't think of it right now, uh, but where my wife's not measuring up, you know, yeah, and and I set myself up for failure because you know I I put these things oh well she's supposed to do this expectations and, and that's that's the word <laughs> yeah I put high expectations and instead of putting no expectations on her yeah I do and it sets me up to be I would say easily angered or whatever because uh, quote unquote she's not doing it right well maybe she's not doing it my way Joseph's way you Mm. know what I mean she's doing it the way she knows yeah you know and I think I've learned and still learning to walk away from that and our marriage has been great yeah not perfect but there's I would say within the last when we first got married the first two and a half years were really rough you know were yeah. really rough. I think uh, those were years that I think God allowed me to see to see the garbage I had in my life. Mm. You know, because I remember one day uh, I was sitting with a brother in his car one day, and uh, my wife was standing outside, and we were having a disagreement. <laughs> and he looks at me and tells me, "Oh, brother," he says, "Your wife." Um, she brings out the best in you. <laughs> and I was like, what do you mean? I didn't understand. I didn't understand because at that moment I was angry. I was upset. My pride was flaring. And, you know, I'm right. She's wrong. But uh, what the thing was is that God was using her to show me exactly what I had in my heart. Yeah, and sometimes that's where a lot of us male frustration comes with in marriage right is yeah is our wives are there too to correct us right and they're there to you know nothing's wrong with that no you know no. nothing's wrong with being rebuked it says the fool does not take rebuke so it, it's like you know when my wife when my wife says to me hey you know check yourself man Right. Right. And I'm like, oh, whoa. You know, I got to I got to pay attention to that and go. And sometimes my own anger, even though it, it, it can be towards her, it's really a reflection of what's going on in me. 
it's really I'm just I don't want to deal with my junk. Right. Yeah. yeah. So I I want to honestly say that I'm I'm grateful for my wife. Very yeah. grateful. Because if it wasn't for her, I mean, of course God first, of course. Yeah. But God using her as an instrument to poke, to pry, to expose the real Joseph. Yeah, that's great. You know? That's great. Uh, I wouldn't be where I'm at today. I'm not, I'm, like I said, I'm not, I'm not perfect, but I'm not where I used to be. And I didn't, I didn't understand the change. I was fighting. Man, I was fighting the change. Uh until God sat me down and says, you know what? These are the things you've been praying for. Now that I'm giving them to you, you're like, you know what's up? Yeah. Uh, I think sometimes change can be hard, but I think it's so needed. It's so needed because I don't want to be the same. I don't want to live that old lifestyle. The Bible says in Second uh, Corinthians 5.17 that therefore if anybody be in Christ, he's a new creation, right? That the old is gone and the new has come. I didn't quite understand that. How am I supposed to put on Christ? How am I supposed to live this godly way if I'm still stuck in my past? If I'm still stuck in being Joseph? Yeah. You know? Yeah. So I thank God that, you know, my wife Deborah is is awesome. Yeah. That you know? <coughs> that's great. So let's let's kind of switch it uh, another sure. way now. Um and we'll kind of end on this, this okay. section. But um, so, uh, you know, you come from that background. Do you do you get a chance to help anybody nowadays? Never. Or? No, uh, yeah, yes. Right. <laughs> oh, man, what a great. This is so awesome. Um, God has above and beyond uh, my expectations, just like his word says. Mm -hmm. But, yeah, me and my wife, um, we're ministry leaders for Celebrate Recovery. And um, it's such an awesome honor to come alongside other men or other marriages and be able to pour into them what God has done through us. Mm. Through our hurts, habits, and hang-ups, we're able to, um, like God says, you know what the enemy used for wrong or wanted for wrong? God's going to use it for His glory. So everything that, that the enemy meant for, for our destruction, God is able to use it to bless other people, you know. Um, That's great. So how often are you doing that? Weekly. Okay, so weekly you and your wife could both go to the uh, yeah, to head up something? Yeah, well, yeah, we, we do the... Um, help facilitate? Help facilitate men's and women's groups. That's great. Yeah. And where where do you do that? Uh, we do that at FRCC, which is Family Restoration Community Church. Nice. Yeah, and um, and we do that once a week. And usually, usually, if it's not there personally on Thursday nights, I find myself doing it weekly. <laughs> I mean, or daily. Yeah. Daily, whenever God has an opportunity or the door is open. Man, I'm there. Yeah. I'm there because, you know, just like the word says, we have to come alongside each other and bear one another's burden. Mm -hmm. You know, I, I may not know what they're going through, but God does. And and I want to try to help out as, as much as I can or, or maybe point them in the right direction to the person who can help them. That's right. You know? That's great. Um, And that's such a big part of our own healing, right? Yeah. It's totally. just helping and... 
learning how to help people out. Yeah, because, I mean, God took the time to send people my way, right? That's right. To help me, to direct me, yeah. and to point me to himself to where he's using different people to help me get better. Yeah, there's always that idea of like, well, I'm not perfect. I don't know if I should start helping people. Yeah. And oh, I, yeah. And I always say, man, well, you know what? No perfect person ever, ever shared with me. No. And, uh, you know, and, you know, the the command of the Bible is to love people. Yeah. And um, and we don't we don't void loving people because we are imperfect people. Right. You know. You know, there's, uh, I can't remember exactly where the scripture's at, where God says, I hate the sin, but love the sinner. Mm-hmm. You know, I think sometimes as people, we judge people and say, oh, well, uh, I'm not going to go talk to them. I'm not going to help them. They're, they're doing this or they're involved in that. But I think we need to take a step further and look at their heart because their heart might be broken i'm pretty sure it is yeah (laughs) they're broken they don't know what to do and they're just doing what they're they've known yeah ever you know these these well-walked paths of sin yeah you know they're living and they don't know any better yeah you know and who are we to judge yeah and that's what you're talking about is like proverbs 2 says to delight in discernment right you know to delight in it meaning you know discerning you know who you're talking to and um, and uh, where they're at and, and where they're speaking from. A lot of people are just speaking from hurt. Yes, yes. You know, so you can't, you don't want to correct everything they're saying right. because it's, they're just, they're just, they're just spewing out a, a ton of hurt. Yeah. You know, and then there's going to be time for you to, to take them aside and, and sure. talk to them about it. I, I, I think just being there and maybe sometimes just not even saying anything, just listen to their heart, you know, and God will direct you. Are you glad God will direct me at what to say? Sometimes I just need to be quiet and listen. Yeah. Do you work with any students, any young people? Um, I would say, yeah. I mean, it depends on if they go to Celebrate Recovery okay. or not, or if they turn to church service, I try to reach out. Yeah, because um, I could see you really being influential in some young people's lives. I, <laughs> that's awesome you say that, but... um. I I always try to reach out to the youth, you know, who are still, I want to say, in the hood life or just lost. You know, I have no preference, man. No preference. I don't care, gangbanger or not, uh, drug dealer, drug user. Um, it doesn't matter. You know, um, just like the word said, we're all created in his image, right? But not everyone is living this life you know and 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 because of sin they have been separated and it's our job as a light because christ is in us to go out to the highways and byways and share this love that god has for them regardless of the lifestyle they're living because only he can help them you know yeah I, i can't i i don't i don't have i don't have or never will have the ability to save anyone. You know, I can lead them to the Savior. That's right. You know, I can live my life and, and be uh, a testimony or or as best as I can because I'm not perfect, but still be able to reach out and say, hey, man, there's a better way. Yeah. You know, when whenever you're ready, you know, because you don't want to pressure them. 
course not. I always believe that pressuring people always turns people away. I was just sharing my testimony yesterday at work, you know, with a, a girl who says, I believe, but I don't believe, you know. And I told her, even in your, uh, I don't want to say in your insecurity, but in your disbelief, God still loves you. She says, yeah, she says, what always messed it up for me is these quote-unquote so-called Christians. And they would say one thing, but their life was totally not what they were living. And she said, she, she told me, she says, if that's Christianity, then I don't want it. You know, so I, I, I think we have to be the light, you know, in this darkened world. I mean, who else? Just like the world says, uh, the word says that if, if we are his, you know, his, his hands and his feet, um, that we we need to go out there and and share that with them. Yeah. You know, uh, I couldn't remember what verse <laughs> I was trying to say, so I kind of came out between a verse and yeah, a song. No, 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 no. <laughs> no, but it's so it's so true. It is. You know. Yeah. I mean, we are the body of Christ. Yeah. You know. And if no one's out there telling them, how are they going to hear? You know, how, how are they going to come to the Father if we're not out there and being that living sacrifice and 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 sharing Christ in love, not yeah. judgment. Like the Word says, it's not the judgment of God, but the love of God that turns people to repentance, yeah. right? Yeah. So, you know, I, I can't be out there with a telephone pole in my eye and trying to take a speck out of someone else's yeah. eye. I just need to come alongside of them. Hey, and love them right where they're at, man. Yeah, well, it, it's God who's going to change them, right? That's right. Man. And you know, I mean, I appreciate you, of course, just being here, being on the podcast, and everything. Yeah, and sharing, and and I'm glad you're in 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 people's lives. I mean, because that's what that's what we need, you know, in the body of Christ is people yeah. who have uh, who understand the grace of God, who love Christ, and and whose uh, world has been changed by Him to impact other people. And uh, to have compassion on other people, um, it's too easy to complain in our yeah, in our very day. Easy. You know, whether it's even issues with porn and everything like that, it's it's too easy to complain and put down. But the people that are in porn, the people that are in the industries, and the people they're people. Yeah. And um and and people do what people do, and uh, and from the biblical perspective. Um, we're all sinners yeah. and we've all been contaminated. Yeah. Um, so uh, sinners do something and that is they sin. <laughs> yeah. And, uh, so it shouldn't, sho- right. it shouldn't shock us. No. You know? um, so we get to, we don't have, we shouldn't be sitting on the sidelines complaining. We should yeah. be, you know, in the game, you know, fighting and, and our fight is with uh, the love of Christ. Right. You know, so I'm, I'm grateful, man, that you're, you're on the team. Yeah, me too. Yeah, yeah. I I used to be a, a spectator. Yeah, <laughs> I used to be a spectator. that's awesome, dude. Yeah. Hey, thanks for being on the show. Hey, thanks. Check out runninglight.org to begin our two video series, "Take Flight" and "Love or Lust." You can also send us questions on Twitter at Running Light or on our runninglight.org podcast page. Like us on Facebook at Running Light Ministries. Psalm thirty-six eight. They are abundantly satisfied with the fullness of your house, and you give them drink from the river of your pleasures.